I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flight 008, 062, ready for takeoff. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. Are you locked into the Out of Home Podcast? You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yaf and Stephen. You London boys are crazy. Let's see if what let's see what we're what not bothers me when people wear white socks like unaccompanied. <laughs> unaccompanied. So like you're wearing white socks. Is this what you're on already? Yeah. So like at the end of the day, you're gonna lift up your foot and there's gonna be like a, a dirt trail of your toes and, and ligaments, bruv. But look, look, show me your foot now. <laughs> Turn your mic on, please. Oh my gosh. No. Do you, you do this all the time, bruv? It's just turned on. I just... wasn't. I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Avon Podcast. <laughs> did we in intro the last, last episode? We are the intro kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I know. But did yeah. we actually give it the official yeah, one? Yeah, we did, yeah, did we? Yeah, yeah. We, did, we did. We did. I can't even remember if we did. I don't think we would be allowed to go an episode and you haven't clocked. Because I've, I've realized listening back, we've been talking. And about 45 minutes in, Kieran goes, Wait, we haven't even introduced. <laughs> Listening to that on podcast, boys. Kieran, Kwame, Stephen, Yaf. We share stories of Instagram. <laughs> I don't know, bro. You got the thing on lock. Nah, but man. You always make sure Janep is staring into my soul, big. Ah, uh, we got Janep in the building. Official out of home mascot. Official out of home mascot. Janep, say some words. Give them something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the Out of Home Podcast, a show brought to you by four Londoners living in Amsterdam, capturing and sharing stories of inspiring people while sharing our own. With me, I've got three of them and them, two of them and them, plus Jeanette. I'm with Quain with a flame. Yeah, hello. And Bold Rebel to the right of me. If you didn't <laughs> know. Bold Rebel. No, that's oh, you, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wavy, that's Man, like, yeah. Bold Rebel, that's hard. And the one and only mascot. Jinep. And um, we must stress, Stephen's not here. Of course. He isn't here and he will be soon. Yeah, we miss Very him. Very soon. We do miss him. He's living his best life in Nigeria. Last couple of days in Nigeria, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. He's been sending us some dope photos and he's... When he comes, there's a, there's, <laughs> there's an episode dedicated to him. Yeah, We've been getting a little bit of a sneak peek into trust, what he's doing. And trust. He's really living up, ladies and gentlemen. He's he really, really is. Yeah, but also also touching touching base with family, which is yeah. Nice, so. Yeah, we, we said that before. Like it'd be sick for him just to go back home. Hadn't been back for like five years, yeah, yeah, yeah. so just reconnecting with his roots, with his family, where he's from. It's important, man. Yeah, madly important, man. I'd urge everyone to do it because all of us have kind of done it in the last few years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year in Ghana, you in Trini. Just before yeah. I moved out here, I was in Jamaica. Nice, nice. Very important. Yeah, man, really important. And is that one of your one of your most one of your most, what's the word, a significant holidays because it's probably the most like, there's been a little gap when you're younger and now you're fully yeah. Ad- yeah, adult, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you okay. come back with new eyes. To me, was quite some time for you, right? 20 odd. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, 10 maybe? Yeah, exactly. 15 maybe? 
And it's because you experience longer. it in a different perspective mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. You've lived life a bit, like you've traveled other places. Mm. But I think when you go to, I'm sure Stephen will feel this, like when you go to where you're from, everything just clicks and makes yeah. sense, in it? Yeah, yeah def- definitely clicks and makes sense. I think like, we were talking about it when we came back, we're just knowing where your family's from. Yeah. And just seeing how like your family would live at that time, you're just like, oh, a lot of it starts to make sense. It just completes it? you, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And like this... And Kieran, even for you, like, there must have been some experiences or, like, sensibilities not to, like, lump the Caribbean into one spot. But, like, g- 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 going to Trinidad for the first time must have been like, oh, this is kind of like Jay. Or, yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 different order. Mm. So it must have been nice for you it as was well, nice right? to It was nice to kind of experience a different culture, a Caribbean culture, mm. or, like, where it's from, in it? And, like, yeah, there were similarities, but there's also big differences yeah, as well. For sure. But it's like, oh, actually... It was humbling at the mm. same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Stephen will be with us soon. I've got a random question. This isn't a random Wee! question. We haven't had this for a little but bit. You know when you, I was just looking at you as you were talking, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I saw your beanie. Yeah. Why does everyone roll up their beanies? Is, there, is that... Like, when did that start? And why does that... Why do people do that? I believe it's from fishermen. Yeah. The type yeah. of hat that, that that is, is a fisherman hat. And, and I... Go on. I think it comes from, if you don't unroll it, you look like a vagabond. Mm. Let me see, sorry. Live example. <laughs> Where's your oh, saxophone and your, your oh, case so you that? can collect some peas? Like, my name is not common and it's not, it's not an electric circus, bro. <laughs> so wait, hold on. So do you wear it to keep you warm or to, is it more style? No, um, more for my hair. More for, to cover it. More for, more, for, more for protection if it's wet. Protection for Also a little bit of style. A little bit. Because I'm not really a hat man, as you know, me wearing a he bucket. Says, he says, and he's got the bucket epic... Bucket yesterday was... Bucket. Yeah, like, the I mean, iconic bucket. It's, it's been time. Yeah, iconic bucket. Shit. Shout out to shout out to the um, exclusive Zara and Gucci collab. <laughs> Only a couple of stores. Oh my dear. But yeah. Okay, now question answered. But yeah, Stephen will be with us soon. Mm, mm, in his mm. last couple of days, and then he's coming back via UK, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we hope he'll be with us. Soon <laughs> we do hope he will be. That's looking like soon. a madness. We already spoke about it in the oh, last episode, but. God. Hopefully, oh. ladies and gentlemen, Stephen's with us in the next episode. <laughs> well. We've got a good show for you today, but yes. before we get into what we're actually going to talk about, um, I want to ask you a lot, normal question, what made you smile this week? What's been making you smile, man? Kwame? Uh, I had a good week. <laughs> I had a good <laughs> week. Why don't we have to think about it? No, this week, <laughs> this week, it was, I guess, just taking time out. Mm. Like, on, 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 I had a, you know, when I, I had a busy week back to work, it wasn't, it wasn't crazy, but it was like, okay, this is like, this is, this is quite instant. Yeah. And on Saturday, I was like, oh, I have to go to the shops. <laughs> I have to, oh, I'm like, and after that, I was like, no, like, you know, you, you only want that last bit of food or that last couple of dishes. Oh, I know, oh, I know it. I know it. You force a meal, but you, and you get creative. <laughs> yeah, 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 today, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. get creative yeah, with, exactly. the, with the food today. And after that, I was like, no, I'm not leaving the house. I'm going to be, this is me. This is my day. I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah. You understand? Like, 100. there was no flatmate. I was just in my, I was in my zone on the couch, like, like reading, like. Couch zone, bro. Yeah. In the couch, couch zone. zone. Just, know yeah, it was nice. So I guess taking the time out and like that, that was cool. And it was like, you know what? Like, you know, you know, and especially us, like we, we, we move around so much, friends, family. It's nice just to be on, on my ones. Mm, yeah, as, yeah. As we would say. I know the feeling, man. So just taking time out and then, um, yeah, Bruv, I'm gonna hook on to what you just said yeah. because 
For me, it's exactly the same. Bro. I think this is a first. <laughs> it's the first one. The same thing has made us smile, and it's not been about us attending the same yeah, event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, so I haven't had alone time for myself since September, fam. Wow. Because obviously, Jadine was living with my sis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was in the house pretty much. And if she weren't there, my girl was there. So it's yeah. just like, bro, man. And not to say I don't. You no, know, no. like people's company. Of but course, of course. I like my own as well sometimes. <laughs> you know, you would. And of course, bro. When Kwame said in the couch zone, I clicked instantly, like I connected to it, bro, because <laughs> I don't know if human ever had this and I don't give a damn to say this, bro, but you know, you just wake up, yeah? <laughs> and Where is he going? don't even bother showering, bro. You just go straight to make something to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sit on the sofa, yeah. you turn Netflix on or you put on YouTube. Yeah. And that's you just let sorted. Yeah. You let yourself marinate in the yeah, couch. Bro, you just yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. Bro. You just let you yourself marinate, fam. Simmer in your own juices. Yeah, that's that's it, fam. I don't care. And I don't care. You look, fam. You're like, I'm not going anywhere, big no. man. I'm cool. No, I ain't to press anybody. Let me, let me jam. Huh? What do you mean? <laughs> you don't have to press no one, innit? Yeah, because you're not, you're not leaving yeah. the house to, yeah. to get. He ain't gonna go knock on your house un- unannounced. Oh, Mama's okay, just okay. marinating in his stew, bro. Marinating his stew. You're right over there, yeah. You said I don't need to press nobody. No, oh, oh. impress. Okay, okay. Oh, impress. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I was actually trying to do clean up, like <laughs> I'm not street sweepers. I was like, I was what? Like, I was like, what are you trying <laughs> to say? No, no. <laughs> and you know when you clock yourself past the mirror, you're just like, yeah, I stink. But yeah, yeah. Who cares? Trust me. <laughs> and you even go like, you smell your armpit. You're like. Mm. Don't you actually, smell nasty. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, do, you, do you know what it's like? It's like nasty it's like, ass mm. content. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this is something. This is something. <laughs> yeah, nasty ass. <laughs> but you know that next sh- that next shower, the next time. Ah, oh, it's glorious. Because you really feel. It's like it's you're glorious. taking your car, yeah. That's just been. It's done a safari or something. Yeah. You're just cleaning it, bro. Trust <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's what made me to, to 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 wrap up. What made me smile was just chilling, not doing anything, mm. and watching the office, bruv. The US version of the office. See, I haven't so gotten, I haven't gotten this yet. Excellent. So, I've not gotten this yet. Like even though it's a podcast and we're, we're a year and some change old, I realize people don't know everything about me. So <laughs> let me just let me just random them, Please, please, please. I love Kirby enthusiasm. <laughs> but one of my favorite sitcoms. Has to be the office. It's so good. And US. Ricky Gervais can fuck off. Okay, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm only talking the US. Yeah. Serious, Steve, Carell. Yeah, yeah. Steve Carell, genius. Bro. Oh my goodness, the, oh, the we're characters. not exaggerating because you're gonna watch it and and say to yourself, I get it. I need to watch it. I need it's to watch amazing. it. Amazing. Funnily enough, like I haven't watched that or Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah, wow. which I know I probably wouldn't. Curb is a bit, um, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, like it's awkward to I watch. I don't mind mm. awkward. Sometimes it's pain, but it's brilliant. <laughs> and The Office US recently came out on Netflix UK, which is why it's oh, more accessible. Oh, okay, 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 okay. You like the website to yeah. click on bare different That's what I've been it. having to do to try and yeah, it. So yeah, yeah. It's worth it though. Okay, okay. What made me smile? Tell us, my friend. Um, I think this weekend, yeah, I've literally the same thing as you lot. This is my first weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first weekend back from UAV, being in London. Bro. Trust me, being, being in London and just being here... Um, in a house, like again, it's been a long time since I've just been alone. To be fair, and is still in uh, India, shout and it was just Ankita. like shout out to Ankita, whose shout birthday was on the sixth. Mum's birthday was on the tenth. Just gone as well. So big up mum's as well. Capricorn, yeah, Capricorn's Capricorn. there. Uh, I think we picked up DJ. Auntie Shirley, Auntie Sandra. No, 
What, my mum? Oh, you said your mum? I thought you said Ankita's mum. No, it's Ankita's birthday. Okay, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, just being home and like just having this space to just kind of unwind, mm-hmm. think about what's going to, like what we're going to be doing this year um, and it's just nice, focusing man. the mind a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And just, yeah, just it was nice, bro. It was nice. That and also like, just <laughs> as you said, couldn't be bothered to go outside because it was cold and just fixed up whatever was in the, fri- mm. the fridge and the, and the cupboard today. Chef which was nice. Slapped. Dude. It really slapped. Yeah, it was decent. Stuff. But do you know what all of our answers show me? That we work fucking hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes oh. rest is good. Rest is good. Rest is good. You By the way, it. sorry, very personal question. Did go. you guys shower on your... On the weekend? ...stated days that made you smile? Let me check. Yeah, I did. Call me? Yeah, in the evening. Oh. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a nice little evening. So it's just sesh. me. Just yeah, me yeah. then. <laughs> cool. Someone didn't want to lie to even out. Oh, no, it's cool. <laughs> right. I didn't shower, guys. <laughs> Bro, it's fine. Sunday morning, go ahead, though. Yeah, yeah, Sunday yeah. morning, go ahead. <laughs> Maybe Sunday midday. <laughs> but yeah, man, as Kira mentioned, we got a nice show lined up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about something that we alluded to in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's kind of very personal to all of us, I guess. yeah. But yeah. Kieran, you kind of, I would say you experienced it at the highest degree. Yeah. And can speak about it very authentically. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Maybe you can intro what we're going to talk about today and we take right. it from there. Yeah, man. I mean, for, I guess from last week's conversation, um, we mentioned the film that Max and I, Max Noble from Certified for Sports, put out called Chasing Shadows and an article that I wrote called For the Boys Who Never Made It. Basically, both pieces are about... Um, the tribulations of a young athlete that goes through the academy system, um, what they what they go through, um, and the story that isn't really told from the perspective of someone that's gone through it. Mm-hmm. So I think, as we said last week, a lot of the conversations that are surrounding sport is always about success. Mm-hmm. And the ones that aren't necessarily spoken about are the people that don't necessarily get to the highest level of yeah. that sport. So what we wanted to do was to um, create a narrative, tell a story, and raise awareness around mental health in football and 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 in sport as well, mm-hmm. because they are interlinked very Definitely. heavily. And yeah, just wanted to have this conversation with you guys, and we've got a couple of guests that we wanted to speak to today um, about the topic as well. But literally, just yeah, just have a conversation about. What happened? Nice. Maybe I can give you lot a little bit more insight into what I was going through at the time, um, and yeah, just just have a dope convo about it. Sick. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the academy system already. Yeah. There's probably a lot of people, if they're not from the UK, mm-hmm. that don't really know what the academy system is. How yeah. would you, how would you describe it? And then mm. after that, how would you describe what it means to be involved in that system and how fortunate? Yeah. this kind of package for you to be involved in that system? Yeah, okay, that's a good question. Um, so the academy system, there's, what, 92 clubs in the football in the football league. league. That goes from the Premier League all the way down into... Oh, league, two. league Two, but then I guess Conference Prem is counts. like a... It overlaps now, Counts now, yeah. So, a lot of them so there might be a little bit more, but at least when I was playing, there was 92 clubs. Back and the, <laughs> the majority of those clubs had an um, academy system, which basically takes... Kids from schoolboy ages, which is from the age of maybe eight, all the way up until uh, 16. And then they'll have a um, 
like a youth team, which is when they take kids from school and then place them into the club full time. And you do two years there. And that's the time when you would think about like whether or not you're going to press on to get a professional contract at this club or, or you don't. And I guess from um, eight years old all the way up until 16, there's this possibility that you might end up progressing or not quite making the grade to then not be at that club sort of thing. But um, I think for me, <laughs> what did it mean? Like, I was always very good at um, sport growing up. I played, well, I did gymnastics for a long time. Um, I played sport at school, so I did uh, athletics. I played basketball, played basketball for my county. Played, like, had East English, South East England trials at basketball. But at the same time, I was going through this whole, like, academy um, trial thing with football. with football at Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. So I um, chose to play football because basketball in the UK, in my mind, didn't have any big. hope and, like, who were you playing, really? Mm-hmm. And uh, decided to play to play football, follow that path. And, um, yeah, but it was a big deal, man, because I guess I had friends that played football and I knew the best players played at these academies. I, I knew, because mm-hmm. I played at this club called Addiscombe Corinthians. Oh yeah, and there were some them. ballers there. Yeah, yeah. And um, some of them played for Chelsea. Some of them went on to play for Fulham and the Arsenal's. And you're like, these men are sick. Like, that must be quite a prestigious thing to to get. And I remember I playing one sat one one Saturday game, um, or Sunday game, I think for um, at, for Addiscombe, and then just got approached. Um, actually, no, after Addiscombe, I played for Pello. This is where I met Kieran Dijon. Oh yeah, I remember. And then I uh, got approached by Colin, who was the academy like coach for the. 13s at Crystal Palace and then I went through that process and ended up getting a like a youth team contract for um two years at the time which would have taken me up to um under 14s and yeah bro like those days were just mad like everyone's like yo you're playing for Crystal Palace mm. and you believe in it you're like sick but at the time it was just like I'm just playing this is fun. I'm learning how to play this game. I wasn't that good at the time either. Yeah, I remember you said in the article. And yeah. just to touch on what you just said, um, you're from, some Some will say South West London, some will say Croydon. But, could you put into context as a local lad yeah. what it was like to play for Crystal Palace, who at the time were in the Premier League, who are still in the Premier League, or maybe they weren't, but they're still, yeah. Could yeah. you talk about um, what that meant to you? Do you know what's so funny? Like, to me, Palace were in the champ, innit? And I, I'll be honest with you, I only watched Premier League football. Mm. So I never really had an understanding of how big Palace was and, until I was at the club, innit? Yeah, yeah. And go to games on like a Saturday before, like after our game and we'd go and watch them at Sellers Park and you're like, rah, there's like 25,000 mm. fans in this, in this place. And it wasn't until I got to maybe under 15, under 16, when I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Like before, because when I was going through 12s, 13s and 14s, I knew I was like at a good club. But at the same time, I was still playing basketball. I was still playing rugby for school and all of these things. So it wasn't really like my main focus. It was, but it wasn't. But then I, when I got to like 15, 16, I was like, oh shit, like this is the year, innit? Like Mm. I either don't, don't press on at Palace and get released or... I get a scholarship and then I'm there for two years and then I'm trying I'm on this journey to become a professional. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Would you say 15 and 16 is when you first started to put crazy amounts of pressure on yourself? 
or did it kick in before? I think I've I'm always I've always been someone that put pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. I think um the way that I um I am as an in, as an individual is like I don't really like putting a step wrong in it and I I've, I've recognized that in myself. But when I was younger, it was harder for me to kind of um maneuver around that trait that I had. Okay. So I'd always be like quite hard on myself even at under 14 maybe but I think I played with more freedom then mm-hmm. so to answer your question around about way 15 16 I was still playing with a bit more freedom I think it was 17 and 18 that I became like a bit more pressure because at 15 16 I was like I'm good I know I'm gonna get this mm-hmm. this this thing and all I have to do is just like show up enjoy and work hard and that was what it felt like to me do you know what I mean but when I got to 17 18 when I was actually in a full-time environment going in every single day that's when, that's really when, like, in your head, you you should have less pressure, but also have the drive to do, to work harder. Mm-hmm. But I've put more pressure on myself because it's like, every day you could eventually, like, you could end up with the, the first team tomorrow if you put you, you do the, the right thing today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, or you could not play on a Saturday if you fuck up training today. That was it. That was kind of what was in my head at that time as well. Just so people know as well, because you're talking about <clears throat> first team, like what are the layers? So yeah. when your youth team are under 18s, mm-hmm. like obviously we know, but for the people that are listening who might not have a good understanding, yeah. so um, how close are you basically? So at that time, there was no there was no under 23 or under 21 level. It was just like under 18s, reserve team football, and then the first team football. So your under 18s were made up of like, um, 17, 18 year olds and maybe a few older ones that would play down because they hadn't quite like they were young enough to play for us but not old enough to like fully in be between. in with yeah, and I guess route. that's why under 23 yeah exactly now. exactly yeah. but like as close the, the, at that time your 18s and your first team was as close as you would get in it and if you were doing well at the under 18s level there was a possibility you could end up training with the first team which would end up would mean, and if you were selected for that team, you would go and play or train with them or mm-hmm. or, or um, travel with them for a game on the weekend. And then they'd have the odd reserve team game like midweek in it. So that's how close you, so you, you are. You cusp, essentially. Yeah, basically right on the edge. That's mad. And most people, yeah, it's so like outside of the academy system, yeah. 15, 16, you have, like, your GCSEs mm. in the UK, which is, I don't know what that would translate to here in the Netherlands yeah. or abroad, but that's a lot of pressure within itself. Mm. And then you do those, and then I think that's the first time you're faced with pressure to kind of know what you want to do next in life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just talking about a regular person, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Regular, quote-unquote. Um, and then it's like, okay, what do I want to do in college? Because that's going to determine what I do in uni, blah, blah, blah. Everything yeah. has a, like a trickle-on effect. You're, I'm guessing you're dealing with that as well as yeah. putting pressure on yourself to play football as well and That's be successful in football. Because I imagine you want it, the, the pressure to get good grades. Yeah. But in the back of your mind, you're like... Yeah, might, that was... Might, might not and matter. you've got your parents as well might and outside influences. Like, What's that like? <laughs> I was... I was saying this the other day. Like, I would... When it got to a point... When it got to like 15, 16 and I was doing my GCSEs and had training like after school... When I was like 13, 14, I'd be out at lunchtime on a top pitch playing football with everybody. When it got to like 15, 16, I was like, yo, you man, I'd get into school early, do my work. At lunchtime, I'd do my homework. Or if wow. I got it at lunchtime, after lunch, I'd go to training early, do my work there. 
and then train. Or if I had to, didn't have enough time, I'd train till nine, go home, do my work. So, like, there was always a balancing act of trying to, like, fit in this GCSE, like, GCSEs. Because I was never, like, do you know what? I was never, like, you know what, fuck this. Because I was always, like, I want to, I want everyone to know that I can do both of these things. Because everyone was, like, you need to choose this or that. Or you need to, um, Kieran's gonna, not going to focus on his work because he's playing football. That's what my school was saying to my mum, innit? And I was, like, nah, nah, nah. nah. You wanted to prove them. Yeah, I was, like, I've been doing this my whole life. And this, and I'm gonna show you exactly what I can do in both in both of these realms, in it. So it was a lot of it was pressure, but I, do you know what? I never really felt academic pressure ever. Okay. Never like for me, like school was a breeze. Like I never really okay. felt under pressure at school. Like school was just too. Like, I wouldn't say it was easy, but I, I took it in within my stride, in it. Mm-hmm. It was the ball that I think I allowed myself to kind of get more focused in, rather than it just being at school. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then once you get to seventeen, eighteen, yeah. Yeah. You're obviously now at a point where, like you said, you're on the cusp, you're yeah. training every day, you're putting more pressure on yourself. Yeah. What is that whole two-year period like? Man. Mentally, but also, like, what are you experiencing physically? Because you're growing as well. Man. Um, physically, first and foremost, like, your body goes from training three days a week, like, yeah, once every three, like, once, three times a week, once, and playing games with that free to training every day maybe sometimes twice a day so like you might go in have a gym session in the morning mm-hmm. then um, say for instance on Monday you'd go in 9am do the do the jobs for the first team go in the gym do your gym work then um, go out on the pitch run <laughs> like football fitness on a Monday so long um, on a Monday bro yeah after you just had a weekend Mondays were tough days Mondays, Tuesdays yeah, Thursdays were tough days <laughs> um, yeah like you train in the in the morning till maybe like midday wait till the first team have food then eat your food then we wouldn't be able to leave until they left so we'd have to clean up the, the training ground and then sometimes we might have evening sessions where it's just like tactics as well and then on like a Tuesday, that would be, be like that on a Tuesday and maybe we'd have like work sort of thing as well. As in like we do um, NVQ or coaching badges. But that was what a typical life was. Like we'd we'd have time. Like don't get me wrong. It weren't like we were there till like 6pm. We'd finish at like 3, 3.30, quarter yeah. to four and like have the rest of the day to do nothing. Do you know what I mean? But a lot of your time is like get there and just be focused on business, whatever. It? Yeah, it's business, man. Like, Make sure you're doing the business, getting things done. Yeah. And was that environment quite um, competitive? Of course, man. Yeah. You're with um, you're with some of the best players that are from your area. Do you know what I mean? And the funny thing is, there's a lot of like testosterone in in the building. Oh yeah. There's a hell hell of a lot of testosterone in the building, and like you don't want to be shit because at the same time, if the football banner is the fo- different. It's different, bruv. It's different. Man will tell you about Borderline yourself. Bullying, bro. It was. But man will tell you about yourself. If you had a bad touch, if you've had a bad session, if you've had a bad game, like man are on you like yeah. every single day. So put that into the mix of like, number one, first and foremost, I got to dress well because these men are going to be on me for whatever I dress like. Number two, I got to make sure that my football's all right because, you know, I ain't trying to get Number one, I'm trying to get my pro. Mm-hmm. Number two, I, these men are not going to be on my on me anyway. Number three, you just got to have your wits about you. Mm-hmm. Because in a changing room, like, 
there's characters in it and char- some characters like to dominate a changing room and there's certain man that will manipulate what's been happening in the room to make it seem as if they're you know they're the man sort of thing mm. and you have to be wary of that as well like what's what all the internal politics of your team versus the internal politics of the club yeah like yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you got to navigate man. through as a young player coming through i feel like i grew up a lot quicker than an average 16 year old in it mm-hmm. i definitely had an experience of life that i wouldn't say a lot of other kids have had mm-hmm. and for that like i'm truly grateful because it gave me this sort of mentality where man works hard i'm dedicated and focused but that on the flip side it also took a lot from me in terms of just like living through life and yeah. having an identity and trying to find out what it is or who i am sort of thing so when the time came for me to get um released but i was lost you know what i'm saying i don't know come on i know you wrote about it but like yeah what's that that whole patient leading up to that moment oh man so like how it went down so my first year I didn't play that much my first year I didn't play that much and I was going like my first year who was in front of me Nathaniel Klein was in front of me and um, recognised right back Michael Abney still playing for Crystal Palace yeah 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 starting is he on loan for Liverpool no I think he's signed and Michael Abnett was in front of me and they played left back right back so like for a for a good part of the first year, I didn't play, bruv. And I, like, it, even in my head, I was like, should I, is this what I should be doing? I was training every single day and I never got a chance to play in it mm. until, like, January. But that's quite normal, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scholar, because it, you're the youngest it, yeah. and there's probably someone a year or two older yeah, than you exactly. starting, right? Yeah, trust me. Yeah. But it's like, no one's, you're not prepared for that. Going from being, like, the captain of the 16s mm-hmm. to then being just, like, in the big leagues. Just here, just every day, knowing you're not going to play on a Saturday, not even getting like a sniff of a game until January, bruv. It was torment, like it's tormenting, isn't it? Mm. So I knew when I came back in the second year, coming back on smoke, I came back like all guns blazing. I don't think I had a bad game until like maybe Feb or wow. just before then because I remember the the game in which it happened, like we got really far in the youth cup, innit? We played... Um, no, I tell you, like, I had some bad games, but um, <laughs> well, I ain't gonna come come across like I'm some superstar. Well, in, your, in, your, in your second year, uh, why are you playing? Is it because of? Is it because the other players have gone Sec- elsewhere? Yeah, or? so that like, um, I think Abs got a pro, but I think and obviously Kleine got his pro as well, so he's playing first team. Okay. So there's just like space, it's, yeah, 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 space, and I was playing first, like playing for the R18s, and um, so like we've had a good season, bro. Like. We've got, we're in our league. We have Arsenal, Fulham, Chelsea, all the big boys, Norwich, like big boy play, like big boy teams with big boy players in there, and we're sitting like second in the league, in it, second or third. We're like like we're fighting for the, this title sort of thing, and we get to the quarterfinals of the FA Youth Cup, okay. lose four two to um, um, Newcastle at St James's, but. Um, we're all like, do you know what? Like, we need to know our decisions, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because it's getting to that point in the year where, you know, like, if we don't know now, we're going to end up, it's going to be too late for us to find somewhere else. So some of the boys got told early. And I think early when I say February, they got told in that. And there was like six of us or five of us left that hadn't had their, like, their information, like had the, the, the talk yet. And I remember the day because we was on was on our, our academy manager. I won't even say his name. I mentioned him in my my story. Um, 
I was, we was on him. It was like, yo, we, can we... What's going on? What's going on? Can we find out? Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll tell you. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. And then one random day, man comes upstairs to the cafeteria and was like, all right, you lot, come downstairs. So all five of us have gone downstairs. Wow. And, and these like, are the last... You guys are the last group yeah, remaining yeah, waiting yeah, to yeah. hear about your decision. Literally. On whether you're going to get a pro contract. Yeah. Okay. So I remember one of the boys goes in first. He's in there for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Comes out like buzzing. He's got his pro and that. And we're like, oh shit, like, I wonder how many they're going to give out. Like they've already given out, what, four at this time. And it's like, there's probably got like one or two left. And I'm looking around, I'm like, these men are ballers. Like I remember thinking, I was like, Jack Randall. It's like Torin. I was like, Joe Goldsmith. Torin is a fucking baller. I'm looking at... Notorious baller. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I'm looking at these men, I'm like... Two of us. Mm. I was like, I've had a good season, but do you know what? This could be peak. Mm-hmm. So we sat down in this room and um, literally within like two seconds, two minutes, Academy managers like walked in, rubbing his hand. He's like, right, boys, it's not good news. He's like, um, none of you are going to get a professional contract. And you're like... Wait, sorry, what? The whole world must be flashing before you, bro. Fam, you're like, sorry, look. First and foremost, bro, there's four of us in the room. Who gets dismissed from any type of job with four, with three other men? Mm. You just didn't have the energy to do it individually. Bruv, yeah. man has been here from I was 12 years old. At least pay me a little bit of respect. Mm. Man's given up Saturday, Friday, Tuesdays, all, all sorts of days I've given up so much your life you my life, life to train for this club yeah and you're just gonna uh, you man sorry it's done fam ah uh, bro I can't even do you actually remember the moments after that because fam yeah 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 yeah. Hack was in the Hack was in the um, Hack was in the um, was in the car park and like he was driving me home and bro I just broke down on his car like man was just holding me up I couldn't move like, I remember like Hack Hack's like can you just get in the car I, but I couldn't I couldn't I, I cried in the car all the way to his yard I was at his yard then like, I think he came round Nile came round Kieran was there I think Vince Mike was there and literally just there like just, just just chatting just thinking like how how is this even possible bro like because I think everybody un- like had an understanding or everyone at least thought that, yeah, Kieran would have a pro in mm-hmm. it. And this is not even like some bullshit. It's just like that was probably going to happen. But mm-hmm. it didn't happen for whatever reason. Like the club went into administration. Um, it wasn't up for the f- to the first team manager to find out. Do you know what actually fucked me up though? Um, was once I was like, I was done. And I didn't write this because I was just going to tell you lot. But, um, and I don't think it's even thing, but um, when I was looking for clubs after Palace, yeah, mm. I remember calling up like one of the first team coaches that I was at Palace before and I was like, can you bring me to this club? And he's like, what? You didn't get a pro. We was going to give you one. Like that. And fam? Oh, that must have triggered. Oh, bro. I did. Oh, bro. Fam? The pain. It was hurtful, fam. It was, it was actually, it was, it was hurtful. So and essentially politics kind of stopped you. Yeah, there was a bit of that. There was a bit of that. Um, depends on who you asked though, bro, because like, 
Someone might say, this is the thing about football, isn't it? Everyone's got an opinion. Mm. And I can, I can hand, I can wholeheartedly say, there might have been times when I didn't help myself playing football. Do you know what I mean? There was times when I got on to myself a little bit, little bit too much, mm. when I might have gone missing in a game because my head was gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You like, can still do that to this exactly, day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like, there's, there's, I can, I can always hold on to the fact, oh, I wasn't given a chance to do it, but, Maybe it wasn't right for me at the time, mm. innit? Like, mm. and I can, looking back at it now, I can look back and say, all right, look, that happened to me. I held on to it for a long, long time. But at least now, where I am at this current moment in time, I can draw from those experiences. I can, it, it literally fuels me to be better. Like, it gives me some sort of understanding of, like, the type of person that I, ha- I am. And it's allowed me to go on this journey from being 18 because mm. man was depressed man was like suicidal like man was all of those things 18 19 20 until like i just changed my mindset like it was it was a moment when i was at um i was i was like at rga coming back from work and i was like 20 i just i was 25 and i was just like on the on the tube as you do angel old street Angel, Northern Line to Tabalum. And I was like, <clears throat> just there listening to my music. And I was thinking about my boys that were playing, realising that their careers were nearly done, like five years, six years time. And I was like... Yours was just starting. Mine was just starting. Mm. And I was like, by the time I get to 30, I might be in a better position than I would be had I made it playing football. Not, not saying that, not saying that, I wouldn't have got done well. And this is not saying that I'm in a better position than anybody else that played football. But I'm saying, if I personally, me, if I had followed that, there's no telling what I could have done. But we would never know. And I'm glad that I'm in this position now. Because Definitely. at least at 30, when the career would potentially be over, I should be in my mind, if I continue to progress the way that I have been progressing at 25, I'd be in a position where I'd be like, all right, I can now, now so my life's starting sort of thing. I remember listening to someone, um, I think it's Andre Iguodala, that guy is that obviously famous, yeah, NBA, yeah, yeah. we all know, famous NBA player, very smart, very switched yeah. on. And he said that sport, he was using basketball, but the same yeah. applies to football as well. Sport is the only industry where the older you get, the less um, valuable you become. Mm. Like in most industries, wow. the older you get, the more experience you've attributed, and like yeah. you you become even better at what you're doing. You progress within the company or yeah. corporation or whatever. Yeah. But in sport, you dec- the older you get, the more you decline. Typically, bro. and that's like that's not normal. That's not yeah. a normal. It's not setup, normal at all. It? It's not normal at all. And I, and the funny thing is, is that these um, organizations and clubs they know that, so they'll cash in on the youth as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. But because it's a business and a ruthless one at that, they, there's there's a tendency to not give the aftercare that these kids need mm-hmm. to make that transition in life. Because there's thousands and thousands of boys that have gone through the same thing. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think it's high time that more is done to support those on their journeys outside of football and into a world which they are very capable of navigating. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man, that like Chasing Shadows is um, is is, a, is a, an amalgamation of that story 
in 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 other words and try to try to tell mine but also try to tell the story of so many others mm-hmm. i just want to quickly ask before you wrap up yeah yeah but um because i can only imagine playing football for that long yeah you build an identity in it within yeah. that mm-hmm. so how did you until the age of 18 you were kieran the footballer right? yeah 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 how did you escape that break out of it how did you navigate wow. through that once you it became apparent that you weren't going to be a professional footballer how did, that was, what was hard. your idea of self-worth like that was hard that was really hard um because when i was 18 my friends were still playing football like my friends were playing in the league some were winning like promotions some were playing i knew people that were playing like or players i've played against playing like champions league or wow. in the premier league and as a 18 year old coming from full time football into full time education, brother, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, what is this? And I carried that identity of a footballer for so long. Like, I got tattoos just because. Really? Was like, yeah, that was the thing that yeah. football, I thought footballers football did. Is crazy, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's I, actually a culture, brother. Yeah, bro. Like, I got tattoos because I thought that was what footballers would do. And I still got them afterwards because it was like, it's kind of like this thing that I have now. Do you know what I mean? Um, after, I think I think after university, I still kind of felt like a footballer, but I felt like a failed footballer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it wasn't even that I would talk about it. I was just ashamed of it. And I don't think it, it took me a very long time for me to just say I wasn't because I went through a stage where I didn't watch it. I didn't talk about it. I didn't didn't want to know anything about it. So I distanced myself so much mm. away from it so I couldn't even be identified with it. Like, you wouldn't catch me watching football. You wouldn't even catch me going to, like, my brother's games or watching, like, my man then play because I was like, I don't watch football. Like, football's dead. I had I to like really... It, you, it was a real breakup. It was like a... It was a horrid breakup. Like, mm-hmm. man was really just like, I need to X this out of my whole life. And I think what it allowed me... The pain that I felt allowed me to tap into my creativity. Mm. Because now I had something to talk about, something to release from within me. And I guess I found words in it. Like at uni, I found words, um, melody, song. And I just, yeah, but I've just been writing. I, I've, that's all I've been doing since. I think you're lucky because yeah, you have a good family and a good background, a good upbringing. But yeah. there's some people who... That's it's positioned as their only way of making mm, it. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure riding on them from their family trust or me. from friends. And if they don't make it, the whole family doesn't yeah, make it. Trust. Yeah, the thing. It's, it's like they have to make it through you. Yeah. It's even more pressure and even yeah. more stress. So yeah. I think you were quite fortunate in that sense. I was, man. As well. I was very I was very fortunate because yeah, as you say, man, like some people have different things, but my family have always encouraged me to do whatever you wanted to do. And and just like pushed me in the right direction without being too like you have to do this or you yeah, have to do that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for Sick. for them and, and what they've done for me, man. Thanks for sharing. Thank that, you bro. for your story. No, I appreciate you. Shout out to sharing and inspiring others with your with your words. If you haven't watched Chasing Shadows, I recommend you. I implore you. If you haven't read the article. Well, the boys never made it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Kieran Kenlock, but but you, but you should already know that by now. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just I mean I'm just amazed that you were 18 
And if I'm not mistaken, you got released in the same summer you went to university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's yeah. And not many people would yeah, do that. I think about that. Like, see, even that, I don't, I don't even, like, consider that. That was just, like... That, that takes so much. Do you know what's really funny? Um, I was talking to someone, and it's, like, how football um, conditions your mind to... Was it you yeah, that we were talking about? I can't remember. How it conditions your mind to just let things go. Because you're taught, don't dwell on a win, don't dwell on a loss. Yeah. Or a mistake. Or a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, me getting released, you just compartmentalize, yeah. compartmentalize it yeah. and move on. But that was, such a tra- that was such a traumatic experience that I never even spoke about it for mm-hmm. 10 years. And now it's like, oh man, it feels so cathartic. Do you know what I mean? I can talk about this shit all day. But um, thank you, first of all, for giving thank me you, this, this time to, to talk about it. I know you love heard my voice a bit too much today. But um, we do have a couple guests that we want to bring on to the show. Come on. Um, so before I even bring in one, I want to... Um, Intro him, so thank you for that. Huh? Intros are so important. Yeah, hey, no. just, you just like no, a guy on the phone no, of course, of course. So uh, I think I mentioned on the phone or on the, on the pod last week that off the back of chasing shadows and and for the boys who never made it, people have just been hitting me up, and I got a, um, a DM from this uh, guy called Jonathan Thorpe who um, hit me and was basically like, "Bro, I read your story, I seen the film, and." It's just touched me and I really just want to get in contact with you. I don't know, just to share stories. I went to Loughborough as well and I was like, bro, like, that's amazing. Like, of course I want to talk to you. So we had a conversation maybe last week and, um, hold on one sec, let me just tell him already. Um, we had a conversation with him last week and um, when we were thinking about having this chat on the, com- on the um, podcast, I was like, no, it'd be good to just have his perspective hear his story. I don't want to give too much away. But yeah, we're going to be joined by um, Jonathan Thorpe in a moment's time. Yes, sir. <laughs> What's going on, bro? What's going on, man? Oh, everyone's here. How's it going? Whole <laughs> squad, whole squad. Whole squad. Yeah, man. So um, we were just talking about, literally, we just I just inter- introduced you on the pod and basically just saying how, you know, we had a conversation um, last week after you watched Chasing Shadows and for the boys who never made it, um, and obviously just gave your intro. But these are this is these are my guys. This is Yaf. Um, That's me, Yaf. What's this, up, brother? And this is Kwame. Kwame with the flame. This is the Out of Home podcast. Um, but you know what? Like we just wanted to kind of just have a convo with you about like your story, um, hair, like what hair, what you've gone through, and where you are right now. But also, um, yeah, just to get your feeling of like how everything's been. But I think the, f- the, f- the first thing we should ask you is what's, b- what's made you smile this week? What's made me smile this week? Yeah. On a Monday morning? Yeah. Or last week? Last week. Last week. Oh, man. I am um, four. It's like, that's a difficult question in a national lockdown, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's made me smile this week? And I'm also a Leeds fan. I think you know this. Yeah. So losing 3-0 to Crawley Town and Mark Ooh. Wright coming on in the 93rd minute. Is a bit that rubs salt in the wounds, doesn't it, man? Yeah, it oh. does. There hasn't been a lot to shout about in the last week, <laughs> although I'm doing dry January and um, I've, I've finally, I've lasted a weekend and that was the, that was the hardest weekend. I think the fir- once you get the first weekend down... No, you got to wait till the third one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> May- 
Please don't tell me that. <laughs> Have you not done it before? I've never done it before, oh, no. no. You'll be fine, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. I come on here like a, as if I'm like a raging alcoholic now. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not that at all, not that at all. Um, all right, so Dry Jan would be what made you smile this week, getting through the first weekend. Dry Jan, yeah. Okay, cool. Definitely Dry Jan. Um, before we get into your story, I think it'd be good to kind of understand like what made you reach out to me um, after seeing, like, what was it about the film or what was it about the article that kind of resonated with you? Um, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. So my friend is um, he's a lawyer in the city here in London and he came across your article. He reads a lot of Medium articles and he shared it with me and said, I've spoken to him about kind of my experience in football with football in the past. He played for Exeter City and he said, yeah, give this a read. Like, you'll definitely find a lot in here that you can relate to. So I gave it a read. It was like half one in the morning uh, on a weeknight. Um, he said to me, he's like, are you reading it now? And I was like, yeah. And he said, it's a bit of a tearjerker. So maybe, maybe wait till the morning. <laughs> and uh, I gave it a read and I, I was hooked up. I read all of it and just thought, yeah, a lot of this resonated with my story. I know it happens to a lot of my mates in football as well. I thought, do you know what I thought? It's really brave of you to just come out and share all of this with everyone, like especially especially like your mental health struggles as well um, and opening up. And I just thought it could just be really inspiring to not just young footballers, but any footballers out there that, you know, if they, if they come out of the game for any reason, they can, you know, have a platform to actually speak and hear that it's not just them that might go through any struggle, it's it's other people as well. And like you said last time we spoke, like there's another avenue for them. Um so yeah, so it was it was a really interesting read. Um I love the production as well, the video production, and just thought I have to reach out um and just yeah, have a chat with you and and share my story with you as well. Shouts out to you for that, man. And um we'll get into it in a minute, but judging by the spotlights, you haven't done too badly after football um so it'll be nice to kind of know like what's what your journey's been and i know kieran knows it but for us yeah it'll be dope to kind of yeah just in a nutshell here how you like, navigate through yeah. football and then and then what you did after yeah sure um do you want me to go from the start or should we go up just... to you bro yeah, yeah wherever you feel comfortable man. man yeah i think um yeah i'll go from from the start i'll try not to ramble on for too long but um i yeah i started at leicester city when i was eight years old uh, i went to a trial with my best friend uh, unfortunately he didn't get in uh, and i did um so i guess that was like the first kind of stage of seeing like devices someone's dream get a little bit crushed like in front of you um yeah it's got we, we laugh about it today because He's like, if it was me, I would have made it. I would have made it. And I'm like, you know, you never passed the ball. Like, they just wanted to see you pass the ball and you never passed the ball. <laughs> like, all you had to prove is that you could do two touch. Yeah. Like, that was it. And uh, so I played for Leicester from when I was eight until I was 16. And uh, yeah, it was one of those, like every year, I'm sure you're aware of Kieran as well. Like every year you get told whether you're on again. Mm. Um, but most years you kind of feel pretty comfortable who's going to be on the next year, like you know in advance. And yeah, we got to 16 the year, like the pivotal moment. Are you going to be in the youth team? Um, are you going to have a full scholarship or are you going to get released? And uh, I didn't get a scholarship that year. So I 
he was offered a schoolboy contract, which I think Ashley Young was like the first person yeah. to be offered this schoolboy contract. Non-contract agreement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you go to college and then and you go to college, what, twice a week? Mm-hmm. And then you come in and join the lads for the rest of the week. But I thought I would definitely be an outcast if I did something like that. Mm. Um, so I just thought like, that can't be for me. And it, that was a bit of an emotional period. I remember my coach... Uh, when I sat down to him and said, I'm not taking this, he, he started crying. And I started crying with him. And I was like, gosh, like, I didn't think this would affect him that much. Wow. Like, obviously, it affects me. Um, we, I was pretty close with him because he used to drive me to training. He was from like the small town I was from near Coventry. Everyone knows everyone in that town. So, you know, if yeah, it was Trevor Peak who ended up playing for Coventry. Um, yeah, great guy. And... So from there, I went uh, to the exit trials and I didn't had no idea what to expect there. Uh, you turn up to the exit trials, it's, it's actually a bit of a mess, the, the exit trials. Like, JT, uh, talk, you, about, talk about the exit trials for a second. Like, what, explain what they are for people that probably don't know what they are. Yeah, yeah sure. So the exit trials uh, are meant for like, young footballers, age 16. I think sometimes they have 18-year-olds as well that have been released from pro clubs. And you all, it's essentially just a trial where I went to a place called Lillishaw. Um, you get put in a, just a random 11-a-side team. You go into a changing room. You decide who's playing where. You don't know any of the lads, but you know they've been released from other football clubs like Derby County or Man United, Liverpool, Aston Villa, places like that. Yeah. Um, you just go and play. I think we played three games and you just constantly rotate throughout those games and you've got scouts watching on the side from different academies. Um, I guess the purpose really is because like football is a game of opinions, isn't it? So one person who might not like you at one football club or has one philosophy might be completely different to another philosophy at another club and they might like you. So it's a way really of, you know, if someone's slipped through the cracks, they try and then recruit them into their youth team. So yeah, I started... Uh, I moved from centre half to right back. I think I had about thirty minutes of right back before I had blisters in my new football boots. Mm. What new boots time. to your exit trial? Yeah, I oh, bought new JT. boots. Like, school school boy, they would say, right? <laughs> they were like they were, they were so bright as well because we always have to have uh, black boots, yeah. and I had like I never wore vapors as well. And uh, it was you that time the you most know, tight, the tightest pair of boots yeah. to your exit trials. I was. Can you remember? I was a centre half. Like, <laughs> centre half to right back. You think you've made it? I'm looking at videos of Danny Alves like on the way over, thinking this is me. This is me now. I'm going to be like this. And yeah, I get blisters in like 30 minutes. Oh shit! I've had an absolute nightmare. These bright, like pink vapors, just completely ruined me. And uh, yeah, it was, it was funny though. I actually got a bit of interest at that time, so I actually got interest from Fulham. And I went down to Fulham for a week for a trial. Had the best game of my life there. Um, beat Arsenal 3 0. I know you're an Arsenal fan, aren't you? Yeah. All of us are. Yeah, we all are. We, are. we can, we can <laughs> what do you call it, move on, please. <laughs> it's all right. It was an under 16 game. Yeah, no worries. It's all right. yeah. Every game counts. But yeah, best game I've ever played in my life, boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went 3 0. And uh, I didn't, I, they didn't keep me on. Um, at Fulham and from there I uh, it was Cambridge United that were watching me 
uh, when I was at the exit trial and then followed me when I was at Fulham. And they said, look, like, we want you here. They did, um, uh, they actually did a really good kind of like sales pitch. Um, just saying like, you know, like the big fish in a small pond and all of this and like, come and see what we've got. Um, see if you like it. This is our setup. So I went there and, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like that period from like 16 to 18, you're in a group with like all the lads in the house. Like it can be carnage at times, but they're like, you're looking back, they're the best days. Like yeah. you're just in a house with the lads, like playing FIFA, like messing around, just being complete idiots. Yeah. And, um, and then going and training every day, like, and playing, playing games at the weekend. And we were absolutely smashing the league we were in as well. So we were all, yeah, we were all on cloud nine. And um, things just started to like, at Cambridge, things started to kind of settle in a bit. Like the, the dream you had when you were a child wasn't the same dream that you were having as you kind of worked your way into the mm-hmm. professional game. Like a lot more of like the real kind of nuances behind everything. Um, behind just playing in front of crowds, started talk to, talk to about really that sing. for a little, talk about that for a little bit. So, like, what as a child, like, what was your dream and what was the nuances that set in as you were going through football? Yeah, um, I guess like you like what like millions of kids like you you look at the TV screen and you're like, for me it was Steven Gerrard. Yeah, like, I'm gonna be the next Steven Gerrard, and that's all you see. You see Steven Gerrard scoring goals mm. like that FA Cup goal I think it was against West Ham like from 40 yards whatever yeah, it was yeah. and you're like that's going to be me yeah. um, you know it's ambitious and you're told when you're like 8 years old you're told like only one of you if you're lucky is going to make it at all like to any professional level yeah. but still you're thinking right that's what it's all about it's just about the fortune the fame like playing football every day enjoying it crowds screaming your name and then you get to 16, 17, 18, and you start to realize, yeah, there's a lot more to this. Like, there's a lot of hard work. Yeah, you know that, and you can deal with that. Um, but when you're like 16, 17, 18 in a youth team setup, there's a lot of responsibility that kind of comes with growing up as well. Yeah. And you start to see, you know, your mates start to drink at home and they're all out having fun. And sometimes, like, for me, for example, I would be like cleaning up the gym after training or you know, you've got to like, we had to cook for the first team. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to cook pasta and all sorts top. of stuff. Oh, and I'm, I'm now the first team chef. Like, <laughs> it's wild. I'm, I'm like, what was your going dish? On? Whipping up that pastaroni fam. <laughs> <laughs> what would you call it? Um, what would you call it? A pepperoni on the side, isn't it? <laughs> But genuinely, you get people complaining like the pasta's too soggy, the pasta's oh, too hard today. Geez. There's not enough toast. Why don't you go and, go and get some more bread from from Sainsbury's? And I'm like, this is not this That's is not crazy, my job. Man. Like, boy, what are you boy, talking man. about? And then you get fined for it. If it's not good enough, you get fined <laughs> <Really>? for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bro, finding's a big deal back then. All right, so you you've 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 got into um to Cambridge. You're you're there. You're in the first team. How does what happened? After that, like, how long were you at the club? How, when did you get released? And like, how? What were you feeling like when that was when that was happening? Yeah, sure. Sorry, you didn't. So when you left, you didn't get released. Sorry, you left. Uh, 
No, it's cool. I so I made my debut when I was seventeen. Yeah. Um, seventeen. Yeah, we were so Cambridge were in the conference national. They were still classed as a professional club mm. at the time. Like half the teams were professional, half weren't, but they weren't covered by the PFA because they're outside the football league. Anyway, I'm, I made my debut when I was seventeen away at Bath City. Uh, we lost four nil. I got sent off. Wow! On your um, debut at yeah. seventeen. Day to remember. Waza. <laughs> <laughs> But like, but like, even even that must have been a stark experience to what you imagine your first game to be like, right? Ah, uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't expect any. I didn't expect to play. This is oh, like the worst shit. thing. I, I listened to Jermaine Pennant's story the other day on his debut. That's like the complete opposite of mine. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's he's completely trashed. He wakes up the next day. He's on the team sheet and he goes and scores a hat trick. Oh I'm not. Even, I'm not even trashed. I'm fully fit. <laughs> I wake up. I'm on the team sheet. I get sent off after oh like half gosh. an hour. I'm like, oh, this couldn't have gone any worse. And the manager at the time got sacked after that game. I felt awful. I thought, this, I don't know what, what is up for me from here. Like, what is going on? But luckily, I ended up playing around 50, 50 games for Cambridge. Congrats, and uh, yeah, so I played, um, played right back for them. And I just found that because I'd come through the youth team there, they still treated me like a youth team player. Mm. But I was the only person or like there was two or three of us in the first team that had come through the youth team and we trained at separate training grounds then. So at that point then, I still had to do all the, all the duties that I had to do when I was 16, 17, mm. which was cook the pasta, clean the gym after everyone, clean the showers after everyone. And it just goes beyond like cleaning boots and all of that to just chores that they just need doing around the training grounds. You know, yeah. they need doing. Yeah but you just don't think you should be the one doing it. But you get why why it needs to be done. But if you want to be on an equal playing field to every other professional that's at that club... They basically took the mick out the fact that you came through the youth system and treated you as such because of that, right? Exactly. Which is wrong. And all you were potentially asking was to be treated as a professional that you was at the time as well. So um, you spoke to me that obviously you fell out with, um, was it the academy manager? The director of football. The director yeah. of football. And um, ended up realising that this wasn't a place for you. Like, what what were the steps that happened to get you to that place? Like, from going, from to being what you wanted to be, a professional footballer, to then going, this is not for me. Something definitely must have changed in your mind to be like, this environment isn't right for me. Yeah. I think the turn, one of the turning points for me was when... I think I told you this. I'd been out for six weeks with a knee injury and I played, uh, I can't remember who we played, I think it was Telford. We went 2-0. I'm there in the changing room after the game and I get just a tap on the shoulder, like, come to my office after the game. I'm like, no, like, I just want to go home, see my family, let me go. And I go in to the office and it's like a two-hour lecture about the game, about, like, things I could have done better. I'm sat there thinking, like, I've just had a great game. Like, we kept a clean sheet. I've been out for six weeks anyway. Just let me go home. And they said, right, now you've got to clean the changing rooms and clean the, clean the chewing gum off the, um, off the stand. <laughs> I just the went, chewing no, gum off the stand? I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going home. Um, said, if you go home, I'll just find you. And I was like, I don't care anymore. Like, find me, I'm going. Um, so I went home. And I'd never really opened up to my parents about much of what was going on, like 
in the background. And I'd seen it affect other lads around me as well. So I started to tell them, you know, like, this is what's going on. Like, this is how my friends are feeling around me. You know, some of them are in dark places. And my mum just straight away said, look, get out, get out of there now. Like, this is not normal. I want you out of there now. And she helped me just come back. She said, look, you've got places to stay with me. Come home. And my parents were supportive of it. I thought my dad, I thought I'd let him down like quite a lot. Um, but I managed to get a loan move to Tamworth, which was close to where I lived, and, and just play at Tamworth and try and enjoy football again for about six months before then I went back to Cambridge and said, I'm not coming back. And they said, you've got a year left on your contract. I just said, I'm not coming back here. Uh, I'm going to university. And they said, um, okay, but you know, we will, we'll sort this out and we'll get back to you. And we just came to a mutual, mutual agreement that, that that would be that, and we'd settle it there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's insane, man. Mm. So essentially, because of the way that the club had treated you, you, it kind of made you fall out of love with the game. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly that. I fell completely out of love with football. I'd seen what it had done to people around me, like lads who I've seen lads like try and take their own lives like two or three times. And I'm just there like, is this normal? Like, is this a normal thing or to deal with in football? That's when the dream sets in. Like the dream as a kid, the Steven Gerrard dream. Mm -hmm. The reality is this doesn't happen for everyone. And you know, there's a there's a battle behind the scenes mentally that you have to deal with. Yeah, wow. I, I think it's super inspiring, Jonathan. That from a very young age, like you, um, stood up for yourself. I think um, a lot of y- y- youngsters would have been like, okay, this is the game. Like, let me just like, let me just, let me just like stick to it. Yeah, let, let, let me just stick to it. But you were like, no, like this is this is this isn't right for me. And um, yeah, like I, 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 I just want to commend you, and I, I think it's highly, I think it was highly courageous of you because yeah. it was better you spoke up soon rather than you play for years unhappy and just go in a, a negative tailspin. Yeah, yeah. Tailspin is, is it? Is a tailspin positive? It can't be right. So tailspin, no, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what, what are you up to now, bro? So now I work in software sales, mm. and yeah, I've. Uh, since I left university, I've tried everything. Like, I tried my own business. I tried, like, finance. I tried, I worked in a warehouse, like, with a bunch of alcoholics, which might be why I'm struggling with dry January. Like, <laughs> this is, 
yeah and now i'm in software sales and yeah it's going well it's going it's going well um so yeah pretty pleased and what would you say is your connection to the game now if at all my connection now so i i just love five aside now you okay you'll catch me in east london playing five aside trying out trying out tricks on like lads that are definitely miles better than me young lads that are miles better than me i have a very important question for you jonathan what boots are you now wearing <laughs> if, if, i'm still i'm still wearing i'm still wearing <laughs> i know hypervenom 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 and, um, yeah. and, uh, are they uh, are they uh, are, are they black or are they also bright pink <laughs> i've learned my lesson these are black yeah with a bit of yellow a bit of gold on there oh, yeah man. <laughs> It's been interesting to hear your story because um, we spoke to Kieran about his as well. Yeah. And we just find that there's so many unreported stories, traumas, um, internal politics and things that, you know, isn't widely reported within football. And for some of the things that both you and Kieran had to do with at such a young age, it's incredible how you guys managed to navigate out of it, through it, and become the people that you are today. So just a big shout out to you, man. And your story is very courageous like Kwame said but also just you don't really hear that like someone stepping away from the game yeah. because it's forced them out of it so I think you've got a really interesting story and it's just great to see that you've managed to kind of bounce back from Thanks, that man. and still live in a healthy prosperous life man yeah definitely man yeah. with wavy spotlights in your crib and that's why as I said like last time like we're, we're all we're all like as we leave football we're all on a journey and and you're on yours and JJ and, I've, and I just want to say like no matter what it is, and I've told you already, like whatever you're trying to do, you've already got the attributes to do it. So, Facts. like that's that's all I'd say on this one. Um, but yeah, we're gonna thank you for joining us, bro. Um, obviously, I'll catch up with you um, away from here. But thank you for giving us your time, appreciate and I'll let you know when this is out thank as well. You so much, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, lads. Nah, really appreciate it. Bro. Love Peace you, enough, bro. Take it easy. Love, Take love, care. love. Take it easy, bro. Love, lads. Cheers. Take it easy. Um, so yeah, that that was Jonathan, man. That was Jonathan. Like we spoke to him. Uh, well, I spoke to him last week, as I said, and it's just a, such an interesting, like as you say, story. Because man was a professional and decided to walk away from from that yeah, because it. of what happened. I wasn't expecting him. that, you know. Yeah. No, no, no exactly. I wasn't expecting that. You know, it's so important. Yeah, but it also shows the different. Uh, mental health challenges within football. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't know bullying was such a big thing. Nah, bro. Yeah, it, but it is. It really, it is, really fam. is. Because like, gone. Like you think about it. Like um, I I played at like only like only like on school level. But there was I think we had this growing up. There was a notion where if you wore gloves, you were less of a man. Mm. Bro, it's cold. There's <laughs> a lot of testosterone. You understand that? in football. Trust, like, trust. Like there was, or 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 like there was even a notion where like if if you're a tricky player and you do a trick yeah. past your opponent, he'll chop you down. It's like, bro, I'm playing football in it. I'm not, you understand? <laughs> like, let me be myself, so so players can come like like uh, what's the word inhibited and not be able yeah. to express themselves exactly. or not feel comfortable because they can't can't wear gloves. Like it's not like you must have. And then also, there's a lot of dads that put, or mums that put pressure on the kids, and that's not healthy, right? Bro, like parents. Pet, pet, mums, dads, cousins, aunties, trying to find referees in there, isn't it? Right? Everybody, everybody has their pence. Yeah. Everyone's throwing their pence, bruv. Like everyone's got their say. Mm. 
on how this game of football between these kids could go. I think we're uncovering a lot, man. We're uncovering a lot of untold stories within... Yeah, this is... Football's the anchor, but this happens yeah. a lot in sport, innit? Yeah, yeah definitely. So man. I think these conversations are important. And I'm I'm actually interested for the people that listen to this, because yeah. this is... We've had, like, shorter-form content of the yeah, same yeah, yeah. sort of um, ideas, but... Mm. People that are really listening to this, understanding the nuances of yeah. the problems within sport, I'm intrigued to hear what they think. Yeah, it'll be interesting react. to kind of like get those perspectives, mm. to be fair. Um, I do have someone else that we wanted to speak to. Let's do it. Um, I'm trying to see if he's ready, but before he even comes on, I don't know what he's doing. I wanted to intro him yes. as well. Thank you. Um, so this person is a very close friend of mine. Um, I've known him for the best part of maybe 15, 16 years. Um, and we grew up in the same area. His name's Nal Sims. Um, he is currently studying in Leicester. His link with um, Jonathan just now. Quite sick. Uh, PhD in the sociology of sport. Mm. He wrote Crazy. his thesis around um, the black athlete and, um, and the non-athletic identity which I think is very, very important Strong, to yeah. um, what we're discussing today. So I'm going to wait for him to jump on. <laughs> He's gonna, I'm going to wait for him to jump on. And then, um, yeah, we'll chat to him because I think Sweet. he can give us like a really good um, insight into just the education yeah, of what's been happening and the academic yeah. route and, and how, um, how sports and what sport can do. To change that and what he's kind of getting himself so, involved I'm in so as well. So excited, yeah. excited, <laughs> excited to hear what he has to say. Man. Yeah, so um, we'll 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 get we'll wait till he gets gets on and say no more. A little bit yeah. of topic. But yeah, your beard is fantabulous. <laughs> like, please don't let it. No, please don't let it ever get to those light levels that we saw. Oh man, he can't. Yeah, he can't. Like you have a brand to maintain. I'm so serious. I'm not coming for you. <laughs> have a brand to maintain. I'm just looking at you. Whilst we whilst we wait for um, now, maintain. we're just I'm talking about you know, as a friend, as a big man, whatever. <laughs> we're talking like, about you have beard is fantastic. Please don't let it get to that stage again. <laughs> it's no smoke. I'm like no smoke. Just, All facts. Yeah, yeah. All facts. It's so funny, yeah, because Stally beard. You lot yeah. might think I'm capping, but I've had this, this, this um, ability. Potential for so long. <laughs> you just didn't know. No, I didn't. I just didn't want it to get to this level. Bro. Really? Why? I always, I always use the Apple analogy in it. Okay, it's like oh, here you go. the iPad was actually ready before the iPhone. Do you guys know that? This is yeah, a fact. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, iPad no, was no, developed before facts, the iPhone. Facts. But so your beard now is the iPad. No, no, no. <laughs> so the point is, but they couldn't launch the iPad first. Because people need to get ready for yeah. the iPhone, yeah. innit? Okay, okay, okay. So tell me what you got. So my thing was this. So you, so the, your first the bed was this ready. one. Your first bed was this one. No, no, no. The your market first bed wasn't was this ready one. for my beard at that point. <laughs> his, market, his, yeah. his first beard yeah, was this no, one. It's true, though. It's true. Huh? No, How no. did he know he could get this one? I was well aware, bro. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Don't let this guy fool you, bro. I'm pretty sure. The market wasn't ready for this level of beard. I don't think you're... I'm not having it. What's the word? What's the word? Follicles? I don't think the thing on your face. Bro, you just, have to, you just have to look at the history of Follicles. haircuts. Follicles. I never allowed it. Bro, I used to, up until maybe three or four years ago, I used to shave. I used to cut my beard fully. Yeah, when I first met you, you were a clean shaven brother. Have a young stubble, bro. Oh, CSB. Days. No. Yeah, that was, it's not smoke, bro. It's, it's not, not smoke. I appreciate it. No, thank you. It's not smoke. We're just appreciating the fact that you... Young shoulders over here. I didn't know you... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's getting on over here, bro? Kwame's never on this side of the chair. That's why, bro. Kwame's never this side. It's like, what? actually social distancing, bro. 
The level up in 2020 was mad, fam. Kwame touching Yaf's shoulder is too much. It's recorded as well. We got this recorded. Shout out to Soho House, but it worked, you know. No, serious. This is too much, fam. I said a young friend. Oh, fam. Listen, oh, man. I'm just... get a drink quickly. Go, go do your thing. Go do your thing. I'll chat to. Um... It feels like a radio show. It's kind of like a radio show today, isn't it? Um, and just, and I love it. I love it. Are you getting a drink as well? All right, so I'll chat. I'll chat. So um, we're just in the building right now. Oh, hey, wait, where's here's now? Now's about to join the sh- join the show. Well, go on now. Can you hear us? What it do? What it do? <laughs> what it do? What it is? <laughs> what it is, baby? <laughs> Um, we've already um introed you. Um, I've said that you are studying your PhD in Leicester, um, in sports sociology. <laughs> but um, I'm doing what again? Sorry, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing ten toes, fam. I don't know. <sighs> but um, basically, we had a we we basically had a couple conversations. The first one, uh, I was talking to the guys about my experience playing football and my um my release and then we spoke to a a, a, a guy called JT uh, Jonathan Thorpe who um, played at a high level became a pro at um, Cambridge United and yeah. and walked away from the from the game through um, mm. the way the club treated him basically we wanted to chat to you just to get your perspective on what you saw growing up because obviously you were close to me Hack yeah. Deej Mike everybody that kicked ball around you and yourself you played as well yeah. Which obviously allowed you to go into what you're studying now. So we'd love to get to like your like your thinking, your insight into what you saw, and potentially we can talk about like where you can see it going and what you'd like to see it do. Basically, yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, so. You know, it's uh, what I've seen from the whole game now. It's like a war of attrition, and it's like you get a whole group of young lads. Like you know, I don't you know if you. Stupid for me to pull out a number, but you know what I saw is that this number just dwindles with each passing year. And but but you know, and like football is a, inevitably a cutthroat sport, isn't it? Like you know, what I'm saying not everyone can make it. There's no way that you can ever make it so that everyone's a winner. That's just the way it goes. That's like in any kind of professional sport. But what kind of like my own experiences and experiences I've seen with others is the damage it does when that inevitable conversation of it's not going to happen for you. Like, you know, the impact it has on the lads, you know what I mean? And it's everyone to a team. No one really has a that release and it's like, all right, I'm released. But you know what? Here we go. Let's go and do the next thing. You know, it's almost kind of like, you know, your identity shattered. Your dreams are shattered. Everything that you believed in for so long is just gone like that. And it takes many people. Some people don't get over it. Some people it takes a long time. And some people it takes a lot of searching for them to kind of, you know, find out what's next for them. And I think, you know, if you're talking about guys at the age of 28, you know, going into their 30s and prime, then you can understand that they dedicate so much of their adult life to something. And if it doesn't come off, you know, it's expected to kind of have some damage. But when we're talking about 15 and 16-year-old boys, you know, with the whole life ahead of them, you know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's bad, you know what I mean? And I think that, you know, when you look at the fact that you know, if other people outside of the sport when they get to 16, they're looking at almost an element of freedom, an element of, you know, oh, everything's open towards them. Whereas a lot of people that played football now, 16 and it's not there for them, it's like my life's over. Yeah. And that, that that's ridiculous, you know what I mean? Because you can't look at a 60 year and say, you know what, you're not going to amount to anything. You know what I mean? And 
a lot needs to be held accountable for. And I don't want to put anyone in and say, you know, this is the reason, you know, these are the people that are the reason for it. But, you know, what I, my experience is you've got coaches that, you know, know the process and know what this is going to do to young, you know, young men. But they'll still kind of smile in their face, still kind of G them along to, to keep them on the train, to, you know, get them where they need, to, like the coaches themselves and the team, get them where they need to be. There's no real look at how are we going to help these lads, even though you know, you know, you know, as soon as you, you they look at a guy from the first year, they know who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. Yeah. And they know the conversation that they're going to have with that guy. But if you know that, why do you not pass the knowledge to kind of better in other aspects? And, you know, again, they're paid by the club to obviously bring results in and, you know, nurture the next crop of talent. Is it up to them to kind of say, right, we're going to get this young lad who's not going to make it at our club and be any kind of benefit to us? You know, we're going to make sure that he's fine. Again, you know, when you look at a cold-hearted day, it's not really up to them. But it's for people like myself and all of us who have kind of been in the game, have been through those experiences, rather than just give anecdotal references and tell them, what, you know, what we should do. It's time to kind of put processes in place or initiatives in place to kind of help what has been going on for years and, you know, it's going to happen in years to come as well. Yeah, bro. I... <laughs> Whenever I hear you speak about this stuff, it, it it triggers me. Not triggers me in a bad way, in a good way, because I know exactly what your plans are. Um, looking at looking at like us, your boys, and that. Um, what was it that you saw in us that you were like, "Nah, I need to do something about this," or I I with the experience that I've seen and the the things that I've seen, I need to take this and do something with it. Like, what was the catalyst and what pushed you in that direction? You know, I think that there's many things in it, but I think the one thing that really grabbed me is that you take any of the lads away from the football pitch and you put them into a different setting or a different scenario and you could see that they'd thrive, you know what I mean? You could see that people gravitated towards them. You could see that it built an element of discipline. That is very difficult because, you know, football, you know, especially at a youth level, it kind of, it's got such a bad, a, a bad stigma attached to it. But the lessons that you actually learn and what it prepares you for, it actually is pretty good. You know what I mean? Like if you're learning time management, how to be disciplined, how to, you know, how to be accountable for things, how to have responsibility, you know what I mean? Like, you know that you're training. I know the difference for me was that, you know, I've been training on Tuesday, Thursday, again, Saturday, from the guys that I was, you know, in school with, no disrespect to them. They didn't have that. So it was just like, you know, what am I going to do? Like, there was no guidance, there's no structure. Whereas, you know, at a young age, having football, for someone that myself, it could have gone off the rails. Having that, like having that almost accountability that I have to be at training on Tuesday, I have to be at training on Thursday, and I'm going to go on Saturday. You know, it kind of, it gave you that, like I said, structure to, you know, really learn how to train, how to, you know, learn about your body, learn how to work in a team, learn how to, you know, mix with different people of different, you know, backgrounds. Mm. And I saw that with my own experiences. And I'm also, you know, going out, you know, with my friends, you know, going places. We're in different groups and people gravitate towards them. And it's not just about football. It's not just people asking them, you know, what position do you play? It's actually when they're doing tasks, when they're, you know, chance to go up with speaker of people, you can see that there's so many talents and traits within them that would, would excel anywhere else. Mm. Now, these traits are kind of almost, they're, they're, they're oppressed when you're at, you know, a, a football club. You know, you're meant to move a certain way. You know, there's a certain type of fit that you're meant to look and that's why it's called you know does your face fit do you fit the profile of the club if you're outside of that personality wise you're not going to really make it so you know and I think that's where the pigeonholing comes in where we expect everyone to be a certain way 
But I saw a lot of the lads that didn't make it in football, they weren't that way. Yeah. But they had a talent in other things. And not just to, you know, blow Kenlock's, you know, smoke up Kenlock's bum. But at the end of the day, I saw that he was talented in many other avenues. You know what I mean? There were so many other avenues that I saw I saw this guy run, rap, draw, sing, you know, write everything. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. But he dedicated everything to one thing. And I realised that, you know, the second he started going into other things, so much more happened. And that's with a lot of other friends of mine as well. And even myself, like, you know, I... You know, like, I'm not trying to blow my smoke up my own ass as well, but, you know, at the end of the day, I never thought I would get to a position where I'd be doing, like, a PhD at this yeah. time. You know what I mean? It's just, that's, it's that's crazy. Amazing. Whereas, you, you give amazing. me 12 years ago, I was thinking, yeah, nah, you know what? Just going to, you know, need to go to a semi-pro club, get a disc and get a move and then hopefully get somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm. So, I think, yeah, my, that, those are the kind of experiences that show yeah. me that, you know what? When you get these, it's a heavily referenced term but called transferable skills, yeah? And I think... You get so many transferable skills within football yeah. that, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to be wasted on anything else. Now, quickly chat about um, your your work on like the non-athletic identity and why is that so important to build as um, a young player and what, and what you're trying to do within yeah. uh, football clubs? Yeah, cool. Well, obviously, the non-athletic identity is, you know, says what it says on the tin, really. It is your identity off the football pitch. So it's like, you know, you're... Ability to learn, your ability to kind of, I'd say, deal with the stressors, not of just off the pitch, not on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, like, you know, your day-to-day life, um, you know, how, you know, your maturity and all those type of things. And what you'll find is that at academies, everything's structured to strengthen the athletic identity. So, you know, the way you interview after a match, the way you eat, the way you, you know, you kind of, you deal with your, you know, your ups and downs in football. It's an, in an athletic way. And the non-athletic identity now is how you deal with all those things off the pitch. So, you know, the stress that might come from family life, your maturity off the pitch, how you educate and learn. That, at the academy, there's not really, apart from maybe one day of college, there's not really much there to improve the non-athletic identity. And so, obviously, when you're in a, an academy, you're, still sort of mollycoddled. You've still got a lot of the things that your non-athletic identity might deal with, probably be dealt with by a player liaison officer or someone, or, you know, someone within that support network will kind of deal with that for you. Or you actually won't have to deal with any kind of cutting issue that a non-athletic identity might, you know, encounter whilst you're in that athletic uh, bubble. However, when that non-athletic identity isn't strengthened, you start to see problems such as, you know, mental well-being, how you're going to deal with, you know, setbacks, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. Um, education, like, are you going to be able to educate yourself? Because after, you know, you finish school, you know, your mandatory, you know, 16 years or not 16 years school, but you got to go to school till you're 16 and then, you know, do college. After that, you don't have to learn. You know, if you don't want to pick up a book again, my brother, you don't have to. Do you know what I mean? So if you don't want to, like, you're not going to. But if you don't do that, then you ain't going to gain any more of that knowledge. That's you know, your peers are going to be grabbed. And at the end of the day, when you're trying to excel off the pitch with a man that is, you know, fully engrossed in his books and he knows, you know, his emotional state, he knows all of these kind of things, his financial literacy, which all are part of the non-athletic identity, he's going to blow these men out of the water. And that's, again, going to push them a bit further down into, you know, the depression, you know, the, the, the self-worth. It's going to be diminished. So it's important to strengthen that non-athletic identity at the same time as the strength of the athletic identity. Nile, so, sorry, Quams. Soon to be Doctor Nile. Yes. Um, how how receptive do you see um, like the up and coming generation are to these sort of topics? And I guess it's hard to 
it's hard to sell in at sometimes because everyone believes they're going to make it in it. So they're like, I don't need to worry about this. Like, what's what's the point? But how receptive do you see people being to these kind of ideas and theories? You know what? It's I'll be honest with you. It is literally like chatting to a brick wall, yeah? Because, you know, oh. come on, you're going to tell a young lad, you know, who's playing football, he's at the academy, you know, he's seen the first team driving him in the cars. He's seen the lifestyle that he can live. He's seen, you know, he's, he, he's that close to hearing a crowd every single week. He, you know, mm. his name might be next. If the gaffer walks past in his train, he could be, you know, traveling in the first team squad. Yeah. So you come into the club and say, you're out, mate, you know, if you want to do this course, he's going to tell you, you know, you know what he's going to tell you, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? But I think with this, like the time that we live in now, in terms of, you know, post-COVID or during COVID and whatnot, people have seen that football's been taken away from them. Do you know what I mean? So this is the first time where... Uh, typically, a lot of footballers they don't have football taken away from them unless it's an injury or they get released. Yeah. Whereas now th- these are able-bodied people that have been told, yeah, actually, no, nah, physically can't do anything. You know what I mean? Even if you wanted to, even if you had a great game two weeks before, it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> There's no football. So what guys are really learning now is that okay, I need to. It's almost like this boredom as well as you know lead to just upskill myself. You know, they're sitting at home not doing much. What are you gonna do? What else are you gonna be able to you know? Take in. There's only so much series you can watch. There's only so much, you know, Tinder swiping you can do. You get. You need to be able to make sure that you can, you know, upskill yourself in certain ways to, yeah. you know, to help yourself in football. What you're experiencing right now, which is there is no football. How are you gonna? What are you gonna do when that happens? Because this is the worst case scenario. Like, you know, they tell you what happens if you can't play football before you when you're a youth. You don't really know. You know, like, I've never. I've been playing football since you know reception. Mm-hmm. So now it's gone. You've actually got to find what can you actually do in this time. So, in that regard, it's been pretty helpful. But you know, and I think you know the PFA and the, these places they're doing a bit more now with regards to what they call a dual career. So a lot of these apprentices now are not so much pushed at you know going to make it in football. Again, that is obviously the you know underlying reason why they're at the academies, but. Now, the dual career path has been jumped onto a lesson. I think it's starting to seep in a lot more now. Yeah. Um, yeah, now, um, I've only met you twice, but, like, you're, 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 you're basically, you're, you're basically a, a already a homie, isn't it? So, uh, and I want to commend you for two things. I want to commend you, firstly, for, like, um, your, your, like, what you call it, studies... And this this is amazing to hear, like a fellow brother, a, a fellow like South Londoner as well. Even though you man, from, even though you man from from Croydon are like quay off, but it's cool. Stop I'm it, Southeast. <laughs> uh, but I also have to commend you because I was talking to Yaf earlier. Your your beard is also stupendous. Like, oh so, my god! So, so, so shout out to you. Oh. No, but no, yeah, but John, in, in, let me give you. Then you are done. I, I, I was just about to jump on you and I put some bailing just before I come on. That's it. To, 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 to have it that nice and shiny, right? I had to make. I can see it now on a call, but no. In, in, in all seriousness, and it's, it's a good thing you broke down the non-athletic identity because I actually thought it was talking about another thing where a lot of like black athletes are told that all, all, all they can be is athletes mm. and like, like they, they can't yeah. be a, mem- a mental or like, what's the word? Um, yeah. What do you call it? Um, yeah, they can't be like cerebral players. So thank you for breaking mm. that down. And I think it's quite interesting because you, you, you spoke about the... Um, non-athletic identity and I think through, through this conversation I've seen that in football there seems to be a lot of like minimising right yeah. so like you even spoke about like me media training it's training per se but what you're doing is basically just like 
nullifying the player's um, personality. And like, you know, like, um, at, 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 you know, at 12 and 14, if, if, if somebody's at, at Palace or even somewhere like Grimsby, the, 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 that kid will be earmarked. Oh, the, that's um, that's Kieran, that's now, he plays football. So already he's a footballer. Yeah. But if me and Yaf are in the same class, me, me and Yaf aren't identified as that students. No. We're just, we're just Yaf and Kwame. You understand, and like, and and like, you, 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 he spoke just now about these young footballers are thinking that they're about to make it, but yeah, I think it's so important that they they can maximize their full their, their, their full potential as human beings, and maybe you know, and it, it's not always going to school. Maybe it's like punditry. Maybe it's um, you understand, it doesn't always be music and I have a clothing line, but there's so many ways that they they can um, what's the word? Explore, yeah, explore, and really like. Find themselves and 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 like even if they are pro, it makes sense to maximize the, the identity because you you could retire at thirty two, you could retire Trust. at twenty eight for an injury. Trust. You understand? That's it. No, and that, that's what you find a lot of the time now. Yeah, it's like a lot of the guys that are pros, they they still have to go and find other qualifications to do. You know what I mean? It doesn't just getting your first year pro doesn't mean that you know you're going to be a professional. Exactly. Mm. So that's why you know that, that's a lot of stuff that people need to deal with as well. So. But yeah, it's, it, it, look, what it is is pigeonholing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like from a, a, a second, a young player shows that they're good at football. It's almost like, right, you know, he's going to be a footballer, and you know, the pressure doesn't just come from from the school; it comes from the family, you know. Mm. And it might not be yeah. as thick as we think it is. Like you know, there are some really bad examples of it. Of you know, like people putting everything on their twelve-year-old kid to get signed for a club. But it's even the, the, the subtle stuff, like, you know, are you going to be a foot? They're going to buy your mama a house. Them little passing remarks that you tell that, you, you know, 14-year-old, you know, the calls are going to be turning in his head. And he's going to think that because until he's told, actually, you're not going to have it. And then he's got no other way to think that he's ever going to do that. He's seen how his family kind of bring him in and love him and say, you know, you, you're the next big hope. When he has to go to tell everyone, no, actually, I'm not going to be this, mm. he feels that he's not worth it. Yeah. So, you know, that, 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 again, that's where the problems come you know, but what can we do? And now, if you look at the, the bigger picture here, the amount of people that are in the professional game versus the people that were developed to be into the professional game, there's a huge offset in it. Mm. And I can't remember what the numbers are, but there's only a small percentage of people who do actually end up going not into the point, professional not game. Not one, two percent. Not point, not, not eight, one, exactly. two Exactly. Yeah. Like, that number is, is a huge imbalance and it's something that needs to change for the benefit of the mental health of these people that aren't making it, hmm. but also could benefit society and the economy as well, right? Like, if we're getting highly driven, highly motivated personalities into different fields, who knows what repercussions and yeah, impact exactly. that could have as well. Exactly. Like, in your opinion, what's needed to try and change the cycle and improve um, the mental health, but also the livelihoods of these people who, who probably aren't going to make it? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that, that yeah, it's the truest statement that right there, you know what I mean? Because what we find is that Especially within like the black community, a lot of it's been said that a lot of black young black males will forego uh, education and a job stability to chase the dream. Do you know what I mean? And that you know, I was you know I was you know, I was guilty of doing that myself. You know, from about say sixteen to twenty. No, I'm not sixteen to nine. I'll give myself that long. Sixteen to nineteen, <laughs> just you know, just semi pro. I'm just gonna make it, train and do gym. You know what I mean? Formal qualifications and an actual stable job looking at my career, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? I said, you know, the rags to riches stories, put it all on the line. You know, let me just go and risk it. Hopefully you make it. Mm. You know, you're not going to make it. I'm not trying to be rude, but, you know, it's not going to happen. But I think what is needed now, like, with my like, with my experiences and going into the clubs and being with the PFA, what you need is almost exposure to these 
new industries. You know what I mean? You've got to let these guys know. Okay. It's not... You know, it's it's a difficult one because again you know you got a, a young lad he's a footballer you know he's, he's seen you know he's he's that close to getting there but you know you might take him to I don't know you might take him to a film studio where you know he learns to produce and do directing and stuff like that that might not be his no you know, he might not want to do that straight away but if you expose it to him and you show him yeah. the lifestyle that a producer might live the director that the kind of um the release that all of the creative people get you know it. It sparks an idea in him that oh, this is something I could do if football doesn't mm, work. Mm. So, you know, I had this problem with the Premier League when I went to them and pitched my initiative to them. They were like, yeah, you know, but we want to make sure it's what they want to do. And I said, the only thing they want to do is play football. You're not going to get a 16-year-old, 17-year-old guy at a professional academy that's going to tell anyone, I want to go and, you know, be a mechanic. You say that now, he thinks he's going to get released. They, yeah. they get wind of that. <laughs> you know, if, the, if, his, if his coach there that, you know what, don't know if there wants to be mechanic. He's going to say, you know what I mean? Straight. So what you've got to do is stop asking these kids to tell you what they're going to do if they don't want to do it. You've got to just set up. Or well, what I've done, well, you know, you just got to expose them to new industries. You and just show them ground, this yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Are, they going to, are they going to be engaged in that first? Who knows? But if you plant that seed to let them know this is an option for you, if this doesn't happen, it's up to them to decide what they want to do next. You know what I mean? Definitely. No, no, no. I just said... No, nah, de- definitely, bro. And, like, what you're doing is so powerful, bro. Like, I wish we had that when we were coming up. Um, the, the the experience of just, yeah, understanding new industries, new opportunities. Not saying that we would have taken it, but as you said, yeah. to plant the seed of what's capable, what's possible after the fact. At any point, of that journey because you could have got a pro you're still going to be out of football at some stage in your life it's like what do you do with that like what do you do with your non-athletic identity are you going to say something no you made a good point because like you know like people always think about um, people not making it but sometimes like big players make it like Dean Ashton we went to the top of the game Premier League footballer he retired in his 20s he had to you understand Mm, mm. so now he's got to think like 10 years early like no, 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 nothing about retirement plan. How do I earn a living? You understand? So, yeah. like, you have to, it's not always about ability and circumstances. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's, it's yeah, true. And you know what? The, you understand? Truth, the truth of the matter is, a lot of these guys are going to play till 35, maybe 38. And then yeah. after that, you've got, you know, retirement agents, I don't know off the top of it, but you know, let's say 70. Yeah. You've got 30 years to navigate. What you yeah. think the money that you've made, there's going to help you get through the next, you know, when you've got, kids and grandkids and all this exactly. kind of stuff and no income that is actually the same as what you were earning at your yeah. peak. You know what I mean? So it's, again, we've got all these problems here that are, are issues. And what the, what happens a lot of the time, and I think another thing that kind of is a detriment, is there's a lot of financial management classes in the academies, which is cool. And I, I do understand that. But what needs to be taught first is how these youths to learn, do you know what I mean? To, to actually pick up these things. Because at the end of the day, financial management isn't really going to be a benefit to these men unless they make it. If you get mm. these, you know, know how to handle a million pound portfolio, but you don't get that contract and you have to go work, you know, just a, a, mean, a menial job, 
that information about how to manage, you know, high stocks or you know your investments or luxury. It, it, I still think that's an important. Just I still think that, I, I still think it's it's still important to learn. It's very important, but, but it's very important. in the manner in which they learn it, the manner in which they won't yeah. learn it, is probably not the right way to do it. Because yeah, who's who's going to have a million pound investments and in portfolios? Coming out of football, it can happen. happen. (laughs) Maybe you should tell me how to survive on like 40 quid for the week. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, they think that that is the best. What you got to kind of teach is different industries, give them different skills where they can take it to a different job, you know. Whether that be media, whether that be you know, counseling, whether that even be training, like you know, physical. I don't want to say physical, but personal training again, these are industries that. Are coming, but mm, I would say mm. take it outside of sport completely. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know, Definitely. those type of industries, then exposing them to what that's like. Even if you're doing stuff, might sound stupid, but you know, accounting, you know, just anything like that. These little yeah. type of courses just to expose these people to what jobs are out there. Yeah, because I didn't even know anything about academia. I didn't know anything about you know jobs like this until I actually got here. But I, know, I wish that someone showed me it from early. I wouldn't have mm. been. Going around the asses all the time, thinking what am I going to do? Also, though, like one one important call out is people like us. You know, like we're we're. I think we've done a great job of Kieran and Max specifically done a great job of creating awareness, and now we're having a further discussion around it. And I think it's one thing to create awareness, but it's another thing to have a point of view on how to solve that problem. And I think that's what this conversation has been. Yeah. And you also have to remember, like I, in my last job, I did a lot of work with athletes and. There's certain people in the company you just couldn't connect with them because mm. they're not like us, yeah. if you know what I mean. And I think that may be the difference that we have. Number one, we have experiences. We know what they're going through, but we also know how to approach them and resonate with them. Mm. I think mm. we're kind of working towards a solution on a podcast live and direct. But I think there's a lot more to be done. And I think that there's a lot of people that need to um, chip in and, and support this this development. But there's also a lot of things that people like us can do, initiatives that we can create and and bring to the powers that be and bring to these clubs because we said the number, we said the percentage, it's, it's not good enough and it needs no. to change. And I think we're slowly on the way. We've we've started the, you know, we've started the game. We just need to finish it off now, man. Yeah, so, thanks, man. We're on a good footing. Um, and I'll be honest, you know, we, we need to make our voices known, but there's a lot of people that need to step aside. That's what, that, I'm telling you, that's one thing that, you know, that is going to hold the game back and the, the progress is that, there's a lot of dinosaurs in the game that, you know, are going to... Tell them again. And I'll say that now with chess, you know what I mean? There's a lot Tell of men that are, you know, they, they're at a certain level, but they're not going to let anything new or anything, mm. you know, fresh in. Because they've got a certain way of doing things. They've got a certain way of that things happen. So this is how it's done. And, you know, football's changed now. The game's... Society's changed now. Do you know what I mean? It's not the old the old days. I'm not trying to, you know, be you know general, but it's not the old days. The way football is now... No disrespect to anyone, but, you know, men like Trey Townsend can't tell Will Saha or Rain Sterling how to behave when they get, you know, anything won, you know what I mean? There's certain men that grew up in the game back before the 90s where, like, racism and all these kind of things, they had to take on a chin and, you know, crack on. And those men are at this top of the level of the game now. So their mindset is still take on a chin and crack on, don't say too much. You've got men like Marcus Rashford, you've got men like... As I said, Raheem, you've got Wolf. You've got these kind of people that are trailblazing and pioneers. These men that were taught to, you know, keep your mouth shut and toe the line, they can't tell these youths coming up what to do. Do you know what I mean? So it's up for people like us now who think the similar way to kind of tell these men, hey, big man, don't worry, we got this now. Do you know what I mean? So 
yeah, it's up I to us it. to kind of push through now and it. really make the changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Not, not me to you know say anyone's name in it. So yeah. No, it's <laughs> brother, you, when, when you say chess, you got to say people's name when you say chess. You understand? It's calm. No, I didn't mean to say trade terms. Trade terms. <laughs> I'm saying, like, I'm saying, I know, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> but um, do you want to say something else? No, no, I just said this funny thing when Kevin Prince said like um, he feels that a lot of old players speak on the young get, and he said. He said, "Look, you play football when the goalkeeper had no gloves in it. So relax over there, and like, the game's changed, isn't it? So yeah. New age now, you know. It's new age. Nile, it's always a pleasure whenever I speak to you, bro. You you drop gems Trust. on a regular yeah, basis, fam, and it's just powers whenever we link up. So, I'm sharp and Zion. I've got them around you, man. You know what I mean? You man keep everything sharp. So love my brother. Up. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us your time." Soon to be Dr. Now Sims hey, in the damn like, building. Shiny beard on the Javorchi hat. Oh, fam, you, look, you, you ain't seen a doctor Monday, like this. You ain't seen a doctor like this. You trying to be like you, big man. Imagine going to the GP and my man just has a Javorchi hat. But listen, now it's been it's been real. Thank you so much for giving us your time, bro. We'll link up in this in a bit soon. Yeah, man, that's that was now, bro. Yeah. That's now. Ooh, like, conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my brother. Um, someone that frequent frequently gives me um good words of advice. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's seen the journey from the highs to the lows to what's happening right now, and he has a very unique take on on the world that we live in, and especially the world of sport. Um, so yeah, it's been dope just to chat and it's been very explore fun. this conversation. We need to take it. For, I've just had bare ideas during yeah. the conversation. Just it's Definitely. nice to break it apart or in different ways. Yeah, with different people. Yeah, different man. Defo. Um, it's funny because we're all sitting next to each other and like yeah. just like turning our heads <laughs> to, to communicate. But no, it was a dope convo. Thanks for for kickstarting it, Q. Nah, man. Um, of course, glad of that course. we had the opportunity to continue the conversation around this. Yeah, and. Offline, let's talk about what we can do, man, because this is a huge opportunity for sure, in sport. Man. Definitely, man. You've been listening to the Out of Home podcast with your boys, Kieran, Yaf, Kwame, and the lady, Jeanette. There she goes. Um, <laughs> Kwame's trying to give her the mic, she's and she's not having a bar. Stephen, we love you. Uh, get home safely. We'll see you soon. And yeah, man, thank you so much for listening to this episode yeah much boop, love boop, boop. have you ever heard a story about the boy who didn't make it <laughs> of course you have but isn't it strange that despite having this picture in your mind the thoughts that he has in his doesn't match the face that you will find so i'll ask you again have you really heard the story about the boy who didn't make it <laughs> funny though remember jamal used to kick ball for arsenal aaron who was on the books at palace then it was Ricardo who dreamed of playing for his country, or Rico. Damn, he was a baller. Not as bad as Mitch, though. He was the best that Enza ever seen. Left foot, right foot, his touch was so clean. But I dare you to find me a better passer than the boy they call Hakeem, or a fleet-footed winger, like the kid they call Deej. Each one slightly different, and yet somehow exactly the same. Each one with a similar vision, and yet suffered the same fate. But whilst these stories were told and the details only imagined, these are tales of real people whose realities are hard to fathom. See, no one really knows what goes on beyond those white lines. Trust me, it's more our mental than just our bodies on the land.
Day in and day out, it's an exhilarating grind. Yeah, sure. Blood, sweat, blood, touch, sweat. It becomes your life, your every move and your every thought. Play, pass, touch, spin. The rhythm of the game ingrained in your skin. Touch, sweat, thread, finish. And it's hard to ignore, even after all this time. trauma we went from waiting on call-ups to hustling on corners now i know you're probably thinking well he made some bad decisions but i wonder what you would do if you were put in our positions worked to the bone but after being released no help was given an exit trial an excuse to check a box then send us back to our internal prison we're up mate some would say it's only a game but if you've given up your whole life all you'd want to do is play so imagine what it feels like when that gets taken away. Surplus to requirements or whatever they say, no longer wanted. You wander and stray. Struggling to find yourself, you don't even know what to say. You don't know who you are, your identity's changed. Too scared to speak up because nobody wants to listen. So you do everything you can just to keep your distance. Footballers ain't supposed to be hurt. And anxiety and depression have no place in this game. But it's almost like they want it to loom so heavy in our brains, dejected. We're forced to live with the shame and the feeling of not belonging. Not even wanting to enjoy the game that we once loved. Because all it does is bring us pain. Hard to find acceptance in life when you were rejected at such an early age. Chasing shadows of who we once were. Knowing things will never be the same. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.